Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. We're going to just read one verse in verse number 8. It says here that I heard the voice of the Lord that was saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah, he speaks up. He says, Here am I. Send me. God, here I am. Send me. God, I'm here. Send me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. If you could just put your Bibles down, just lift up your hands. Amen. Whether seated or standing, just lift up your hands wherever you're at. I just want to call upon the name of the Lord. Lord, I've come to you right now. God, in all humility, God, recognizing that the words that would be spoken unto us today, God, that we need a word from you. God, we don't need just another word from another man, but God, we need a word from you. Lord, I pray that you would quicken our hearts, that you would quicken our minds, God, that we would receive the calling that comes from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You could be seated here today. Hallelujah, Jesus. We had this past week, my wife and I are privileged. We thank the church so much for, um, uh, for sending us down to a conference, a minister's conference that uh, I have been longing to go to since I was just a teenager and when I first heard about Because of the Times. And what an incredible conference it was, my first time being able to attend. And this is a, as I said, a minister's conference that was held in Alexandria, Louisiana. And uh, there was one service after another that was preached of uh, that, that just was tearing my heart apart, making me, amen, hungry to reach this lost world. They need us, that God has, God has positioned us to reach those who need to hear His gospel message. God has positioned you to be one, amen, that could go and you can find somebody who has not yet heard about Jesus Christ or they have not yet heard the full revelation of Jesus Christ and their need for Him. But he has positioned you to do it. Amen. But it, we went down. My wife and I went down a day early to try to get uh, try to get down there, settled in before the conference began. And uh, we spent, we, we flew into New Orleans and we went down there with uh, some friends of ours who pastor over in Warsaw. We traveled with their family and uh, we, we went there to New Orleans and uh, landed, uh, landed there and I had heard about a museum that is there in New Orleans that uh, was the National World War II Museum. And so an incredible, incredible exhibit it was. We walked through those halls and it was uh, several buildings, in fact, that were uh, pieced together. And uh, they have uh, all of these artifacts and tell these stories of World War II and you hear and, and see this devastation that was upon the world in those days. And it was amazing to me just to think that really um, it, it, was, it was just uh, about my lifetime ago, if you would go one of my lifetimes before me, um, that that war was being fought. And, and we had uh, all of that that was taking place of this battle between good and evil. 
this battle between the Axis powers and and the ones who would uh, who would come against them, the Allied forces, saying, "No, we cannot stand for what you are trying to uh, to turn this world into, but we have to stand up for good." Amen. I'm thankful that there were those who said, "We got to stand up for good." We need to stand up and we cannot let you propagate your evil agenda against this world. And that's exactly what was taking place in uh, not just in Germany, although in Germany certainly we saw the evil agenda. The agenda, I believe, from Satan himself that would come and try to exterminate the Jews and try to uh, and, and did um, did in very many ways uh, make a... Uh, uh, make a huge impact as, as as millions of Jews were slaughtered during World War II, during the Holocaust. But it wasn't just there, but all, all across the world we saw in Japan and in Russia and in Italy, these, uh, these, uh, those who were fighting this, this battle are trying to come and to bring this evil agenda against the world. And I'm thankful for those who would stand up and say, not today. Not today. We will stand. And I, I know that the battle was brought here. I know that it came to us. And, and we had to, uh, when, when Japan attacked Pearl Harbor, that on that day, that is really what brought the United States into the war. But now that they came into the war, the president said, we must stand up and fight. Now that we're in this, let's be in it fully. Let's be completely engaged in this battle. And he said, now that we're, now that we're in the war, we're not going to just come half-heartedly into the war. And it made me think about those soldiers who in that day, they said, sign me up. Sign me up. We, we uh, saw the letters of some soldiers, some just 17 years old, 18 years old, who they would write to their mother. And uh, there's a letter I remember seeing that uh, him writing to his mother. And he said, he said Mom. Said, you're either going to let me sign up for this or I'm going to run away and I'm going to do it myself. I've got to go. Send me into battle. Send me into the place where the battle lines are at. I can't stand here and watch that take place over there. I need to go into the battle. I cannot just stand idly by, but I must go. He said, send me into the battle. We saw so many Americans that were rising up and saying, send me. Let me go and fight this good fight. And I just want to say, I thank God for those men and those women who served our country and served this world in that capacity. Amen. What an incredible endeavor that was. What an incredible service that was that, that they would fight that fight as I, as I saw the devastation that took place at a whole exhibit, a whole uh, room that was uh, a, whole, a whole floor that was uh, dedicated to uh, D-Day and dedicated to that, that battle that took place there. And, and what an uh, incredible loss of life in that. But it was, it was for a great cause. It was for a great cause. But then I think about those who have answered the call of ministry. And I come forward 
to those who, who they answered the call. We see it even in the scripture. You, you go through the book of Hebrews. If you've ever read the Hebrews chapter 11 where it begins to name those who belong in the hall of fame of faith. For their acts of courage, their complete faith, their devotion to God. We see those who answered the call of God. It goes through individuals. Enoch, he pleased God in his righteousness. And for that, he was translated from this earth to go and to be with God. You see, Noah, who preached the word of God, he preached that God was sending the rain, that destruction was going to come for the evil that was upon the earth. And he, uh, he was telling them, there is an ark here. Get in the ark. Get in the ark. There is shelter for you. You must enter the boat. And he continued to preach that word. And nobody listened. Abraham and Sarah, they walked by faith. They followed the call of God. They held on to the promises of God. Isaac, as a young boy, he laid himself upon the altar. He answered the call of God. You see Jacob, whose life was transformed from a deceiver and a liar into a man who would lead his 12 sons into a committed relationship with God. You see him becoming the man of God that would begin a nation, begin uh, begin this, these, these tribes that would go forth and they would become the people of Israel, the Israelites, and they would establish the land of Israel. You see, Joseph, one of the sons of Jacob, who he answered the call to lead Egypt and to save God's special people from famine. You see, Moses, who led the people of Israel out of Egypt and nearly into the promised land. You see, Joshua, who saw Jericho's walls fall down, he answered the call. You see, Samson and David and so many of these other judges and kings, who they led the people of Israel, they answered the call of God. There were so many others that could be named throughout Scripture who answered the call of God. As you come into the New Testament, you see those who answered the call of God. You see the disciples of Jesus who answered the call. They were fishermen. They were tax collectors. Just ordinary men. There was nothing special about them. In fact, they were kind of on the edge of society, of the Jewish society. They were, there was certainly nothing special uh, about these guys, but Jesus saw something in them. And he said to Peter and to Andrew, his brother, James and John, these fishermen that were there on the Sea of Galilee. He saw them fishing one day and he said, how about you let down your nets? Let's leave them behind. And I want you guys to be fishers of men. That was a call. That was a, that was him calling them to a higher purpose, a higher calling. He, he called Matthew or Levi, this tax collector, and he said, I want you to follow me. Leave the money changer behind. Leave that table behind. And I want you to follow me. He saw Simon the zealot, the one who was trying to fight for Israel. He called him unto him, and, and he became a disciple of Jesus. He, he followed the call of God for his life. And then you go a little bit further, and you see Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus, who Jesus appeared unto him on that road to Damascus. 
and he he, he, uh, revealed himself and he answered that call of God. You see Barnabas who who brought Paul under his wings and he was the son of consolation. He was the one who was was, uh, there to be with him as a partner in ministry. And then you see Silas and those uh, men like Timothy who followed the call of God. And I'm so thankful for these examples in scripture of individuals who heard God calling them. And they said, yes, Lord, send me. Send me. Now, I'm eternally grateful for the men and the women in my own life who have answered the call and forever impacted the trajectory of my life because of them answering the call of God. I'm thankful for my parents who raised me And it's in the word of God who raised me in truth. I'm so thankful for them pouring into me and and providing me opportunities to to get to know Jesus for myself. I'm so thankful for my wife who is an incredible inspiration to me and and, and just continues to to challenge me to draw closer and closer to Jesus. Amen. That's good. I'm thankful for my pastor who baptized me at seven years old and I received the Holy Ghost a week afterwards. Pastor Peter Rao at Apostolic Temple in South Bend. I'm so thankful for him for answering that call to ministry. I'm thankful for Pastor James, our Shambaugh, and his lovely wife for all that they did to foster growth and to lead this church for 27 years. To establish a church here in Kendallville that would, re- that would preach this gospel message. I'm so thankful for them. Amen. Not just them, my youth pastor, Brother Indris. What an incredible man of God. So thankful for him and his ministry and all that he did to pour into me for him saying, yes, send me. Send me. I'm thankful for great men of God whose sermons shaped me in my early years, continue to shape me still. Brother Jason Sisko, I remember him preaching down at, at uh, camp down in Lake Placid, down in Hartford City, uh, Indiana, and, and those, those messages at an early age impacted me. I remember listening to those tapes over and over. Bobby McCool Jr., his messages, the carousel to hell, that, that message, I will never forget it. I, I don't know how you could hear that message and forget that. Uh, message, but these these uh, men like J. H. Osborne, who and Doug White, Joel Urshan, who still continues to uh, just uh, just impact me in such a powerful way. Scott Graham, so many others. These men of God who answered the call. They said, "Send me, send me. I'll go." They answered the call when God was looking for somebody to go. They said, "Here I am." Now, that's not to say that these are perfect men or perfect women. That's not to say that they haven't had ups and downs, but they answered the call. They answered the call of God. That's not to say that it's been easy. Brother Yader, you answered the call of God. I'm thankful for men and women who would answer the call of God. They say, here I am. I will go. And you hear God saying, start a church. And you go and you start a church and nobody shows up. But you keep on preaching the gospel. 
You keep on going. You keep on. And then you, as you say, one came. And then three. And then five. And they kept on coming. And then it dips back down. It's not to say it's all an upward trajectory. But God is with you. When you say, here I am. God, send me. I will go. See, I, I will never be able to thank them enough for answering the call of God when God came knocking on their door. Their impact, their impact will only be able to be measured by God. There is, there is no way that I can measure the impact of these men, these women who, who they have, uh, have spoken into my life and so many others worldwide. Amen. But it's because of the call of God. It's because of what Jesus had to say in John chapter 4. Here he is. He's explaining to his disciples. He says, my nourishment, it comes from doing the will of God. This is putting us right into that story that uh, we, we actually referenced this morning. This woman that was at the well. It's right in this context that Jesus begins explaining why it is that he is, is doing what he's doing. Reaching for this woman, this Samaritan. He says, my nourishment, it comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. He said, you know the saying. He's speaking to his disciples. He says that there are four months between the planting and the harvest time. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. For the harvesters are paid good wages. And the fruit they harvest is people that are brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants, another harvests. And it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. Jesus is speaking not about a physical harvest, not about the fields that I'm sure they were looking out on that day as they were out by the well in the middle of the fields. He was referencing that, uh, he was referencing those fields, but he was talking about souls. Jesus was talking about souls that day. He said, the fields are ripe. For harvest. They're ready. The people are ready. Now what are you going to do about it? He's speaking to his disciples here. He says what will you do about the souls? What are you going to do? You see them. That they're ready. They're hungry. Here they are. They may not even know it. They may not even realize. That they are in the perfect position. For God to come in and to heal their broken hearts. For God to bind up their wounds. For God to come in and to heal them of their blindness. For God to come in and to put their family back together. They don't even realize that they're in a prime position because there they are. They're just lost and hurting and hungry and, and whatever their position is in life. And yet they are primed and just ready for what God is about to do in their life. When he enters in, he can turn everything upside down. That God can begin to fit everything together. And I, I believe that there's even those right now that God is calling in this very room. That you are right in the, you, you are right in the perfect position for God to come in. And to begin to turn your life upside down. You've been waiting for some changes. You've been wanting some changes in your life. You've been hoping that, there, that things could just go a little bit better than they went last year. You've been praying to God, God, would you help me to get out of this situation that I'm in? And I'm telling you, you're here right now for a reason. You are here right now for a reason. And God is calling you. God is 
brought you here today for a reason. God has brought you here today for your healing. God has brought you here today for your deliverance. God has brought you here today so that you can be set free from your bondage that you've been so wrapped up in. God has brought you here today so that you could see life come back into you. So that you could see hope. So that you could have joy. So that you can lay your head down at night and not think about all of the destruction, all the, the, the pain, the hurt that is surrounding you. But instead, you lay your head down and you're able to rest at night for once. Because God has given you peace. I'm telling you today that there is a God who loves you. There is a God who wants to put you back together. There is a God who is reaching for you today wherever you're at. God is reaching for you right now. Amen. See, in Jesus, that day, he was reaching for this woman who was at the well. He began ministering to her needs. He began to reveal to her who he was. That he wasn't just another prophet, but that he was the great I am. He was the one that was sent from God, sent from heaven into earth. He was God manifest in flesh. That Jesus, he began to reveal himself to this, this woman and she saw it. Her eyes were opened and she began to see the revelation of who Jesus really was and how she needed that for herself. But Jesus began to turn the script and he looked at his disciples. He says, what are you going to do now? You've seen why I'm here. We see the ministry of Jesus. Jesus said... I've not come for the ones who are whole. Just, I, I didn't come for the ones who they, they've got everything together. I didn't come for the ones who they've got everything figured out and they don't need anything else. I've come for the ones who are, who are sick. For the ones who are sick, they're the ones who need a physician. I've come for the ones who they realize that their life It is not all about them, but they need Jesus Christ. They need him to enter in and to heal their broken, their brokenness. He said, I've come for the, for the sick, for they are the ones who need the physician. And I'm telling you today that God is reaching for the sick, even in this house right now. And God is trying to get somebody else on board. To come alongside of him and say, there's a whole lot of sick people out there. So let's begin living on mission. Let's begin living with a purpose to reap the harvest while it is plenteous, while it is ready. There's a Mark chapter 6. That Jesus called unto him his 12 disciples. And it says that he began to send them forth by two and two. And he gave them power over the unclean spirits. And he commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey, save a staff only. So no script, no bread, no money in their purse. I just want you to put on your sandals, put on two coats. He said to them, in whatever, what place soever ye enter into a house, I want you to abide there until you depart from that place. And whosoever shall not receive you and not hear you, when you depart thence, shake off the dust from your feet for a testimony against them. Saying that there's, there's going to be some who don't receive you. And that's okay. Move on to somebody who will. 
Verily I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. And they went out. This is the disciples. They went out. And they preached that men should repent. And that they would cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. Now, we read this story. We think about what Jesus is doing here. And we, in our minds, are picturing disciples at the end of their life. At least I do. Me, I'm picturing the disciples, maybe not at the end of their life, but in a, after, after a fully formed faith in understanding of who Jesus is. After sitting under the ministry of Jesus, the best teacher they could ever have, and having him pour into them for years. After them going out and starting churches. And I think of these powerful men of God who they would go and they would do all of this. And I, I think of them after all of this time following Jesus. But that's not who Jesus was speaking to. He wasn't speaking to men who had had years of experience. He wasn't speaking to Peter who had started a church and preached on the day of Pentecost. He wasn't preaching to James and to John. John, the one who would write the book of Revelation. He wasn't speaking to, uh, he wasn't speaking to those who would go and, uh, the, the ones that would go like Philip and, and preach a revival in Samaria. He wasn't preaching to them that day. Cause Philip hadn't preached the revival in Samaria yet. Peter hadn't preached that message on the day of Pentecost. They hadn't started any churches. James was not yet the pastor in Jerusalem. He wasn't speaking to them who were fully formed in their faith. No, Jesus that day was speaking to a bunch of guys who had been following him for about three to six months. That's who Jesus sent out. He was talking to a bunch of new converts who didn't have it all together yet. Jesus was speaking to a bunch of guys who they hadn't yet even seen Jesus walk on water. They hadn't seen him perform all these miracles. They'd seen a few, but they hadn't seen all the miracles come to pass. They hadn't seen somebody be raised from the dead yet. He's speaking to a bunch of newbies. He's speaking to a bunch of guys who they just had faith in Jesus Christ. They didn't even know that Jesus was God, was God himself manifested flesh. They didn't even have that full understanding, but they did believe that there is a power that I see in him. And if he tells me to go, then maybe that means that I ought to go. Maybe that means that I have more in me than I'm capable of. Maybe there's more in me that God can do than what I see in myself. That's who Jesus was speaking to. He wasn't talking to a bunch of experienced evangelists. He wasn't talking to a bunch of pastors. He was talking to some fishermen. He was talking to a tax collector. He was talking to these guys who they were just out living their life, just in their job. That's who he was speaking to that day. And he said, I want you to go. See, I listed off a bunch of men and women, people who had an impact on my life. I'm thankful that they heard the call of God and they said, send me. I'm ready to go. But I'm telling you, there's somebody here today who God is calling that same call to you. And he's saying, will you go? Will you be part of this end time harvest? Will you be part? Will you answer the call and say, God, send me? He's not looking just for those who have been in this for years and decades. God is looking for somebody who would just say, God, here I am. 
I don't have it all. I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything. I'm probably not going to get it all right. But God, if you're telling me to go, then I'll go. If you're telling me to go, then I'll go. God, I just have enough faith that you will give me the words to say. That you will teach me what to do. God, I have enough faith in you that you are going to provide for me. That's why he said, I don't want you to carry with you a bunch of uh, a bunch of other stuff. Just carry a purse and script and, and just a few little things of food. He said, I want you to go just with, the, just with what is ever necessary to get from place to place. Because it's not about what you are able to provide. It's about what God is able to provide for them and through you. I look to I look to individuals in this church and I am so I am so thankful that we have ministry minded individuals and I'm just going to call out just a few here today that I know I could go on and on and I plan on 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 highlighting those who are ministering in different capacities um but I, I heard the stories of uh, Michael and Tara this week, and, and it just made me so excited about God using them in different capacities and ministering to individuals, not here in the church, but they would go to them. You saw, uh, he was talking about having, uh, having lunch with, or sitting down and, and speaking with Ray and Patty Nelson for two and a half hours this week. And I'm so thankful that we would go and that we would spend time with these, uh, with, with this, this couple who they are, they need a friend. They need God to come and to, and to speak words of, of life into them. And I'm so thankful that you went out of your way and ministered to them. I'm thankful that you went, Tara, and you had, uh, you had at a time with Sister Hart, and I'm so glad you're here today, Sister Regina. Amen. And I know we have others. I know Sister Lori, you've been talking to Sister Hart. I'm so thankful that you're here. I'm thankful that you had Daryl and Alicia over at your house this week. Amen. That you were being ministry-minded, just saying, I need to connect with others. I need to minister to others. Amen. I look at my wife, who she had just over these past uh, couple of months, past couple of weeks, uh, she has, has had an opportunity, even here at the well, on Friday, she, uh, not this past Friday, but uh, Friday, a couple of months ago, that she sat down with Logan and Jessica and just some, uh, just some people from the community, uh, friends that I, I'd met. Uh, she hadn't met them yet, but they just happened to come here into the well. And she sat down and talked to them for a couple hours about what God is doing and ministering to them. And just talking to them, becoming friends. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful for the Bible studies that you're teaching and, and the spiritual conversations that are taking place with Heather. And this 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 friend who she had made just through her, her work and uh, done, a, done a wedding for her and we're so I'm so thankful that every single week you've been meeting with her on a daily basis saying send me whatever capacity I can go I'll go I'm thankful that not just you but you and sister Tara meeting with Candace and having Bible studies I'm so thankful that we could come together and have spiritual conversations outside of these walls amen that when we say go I want to go when God says I'm calling you to go. Let's go. Amen. This, I was so encouraged this past week. This past week, and, uh, we were down in Alexandria, Louisiana, and perhaps some of you saw these, uh, th- this post that Brother Stokely, uh, made yesterday on Facebook. But, uh, I'm gonna just, uh, it, it was beautiful. And, and I, I didn't just get it from a post. Uh, we were talking throughout that conference. He was down there as well. And, uh, and, him and and Matt were down there uh, this this past week, and what an incredible opportunity of ministry! Not just in the services, 
But outside the services that what God was doing there. And I just want to highlight because I'm excited about what God is doing in this day, in this hour. Amen. It was, uh, I can't read it all because it was pages and pages of, of what God uh, did, did with you uh, down in Alexandria. But there was a woman, a uh, young lady that worked there at the hotel where they were staying about half an hour out from Alexandria. And this lady at the hotel, they were looking for people. They had already gone out and done street ministry. They got down there early so they could hit the streets, begin to pray with people, just asking them, how can we pray with you? And, uh, and, and this, this, they got to the hotel finally, and they asked this lady who was, I believe, at the front desk, and uh, asked, is there anything that we can pray with you uh, for? Allison was her name. And she began to tell them uh, about how she was pregnant and she needed, she, she was asking for prayer for her pregnancy, but it wasn't just that because a couple of years ago she had had a baby and it was, it would have been her first baby. Uh, the ba- child was born and just a few days, uh, after birth, that child had died. And so here she was stricken with fear and, uh, about her current situation of being pregnant. She was angry at God for what had taken place. And they began to minister to this young lady who was there. They prayed with her on that day. But it didn't just stop there because they still had a burden. They said, we're going to see her again, I'm sure. And so they began to pray about it. What else can we do to reach this young lady, to to let her know that God loves her, that God is here for her? And so they went and they had this idea of going and and buying a -A Build-A-Bear. And uh, if you're familiar, it's say you can get not just any teddy bear, but you can go and you can build the bear itself. And they looked it up. They had to drive to Lafayette, Louisiana, a hundred miles away, to go to the nearest Build-A-Bear. But they had it on their heart. They said, this is what we feel we need to do in order to, uh, in order to let this lady know that God loves her. And so they went to church that next morning, and we had a long church service. There were three people preaching, uh, one running right after another, but we finished that and they left that service. So we had church again that night. But they left that service and they drove a hundred miles away to go down to Lafayette, Louisiana. And they made they made a bear. They had a customized shirt that said "Big Brother" on it. They and they come back and they they. In fact, he brought that bear to the service that night. We, we all laid hands on it. We prayed for it for that bear as if it was an anointing uh, cloth that would be handed to that lady. They saw Allison the next morning in the hotel and they gifted that bear to her. She began tears streaming down her face. Receiving this from somebody who cared enough to hear her story. Somebody who cared enough to say, I see you and God sees you and God is there with you. They began praying with her. They invited her. They said, you need to come to the church. I know they were, they were half an hour out. They said, you need to make a church your home. It wasn't just Allison, though. They had Justin that they met. Justin, this man who had just out of prison, living in poverty. He was a former addict himself. He uh, he was desiring a walk with Jesus. And I, I want to I try to shorten this, so I won't tell you his whole story. But they prayed with Justin that day, and they ministered to him. They were able to give him some food and, and to help him out in his situation. There was a lady at a gas station that they were able to minister to this and, and brother, brother Matt, he, he picked up some boot and balls, these, uh, these, yeah, some food, so some Louisiana Cajun food that, uh, that he, he, uh, took a liking to while he was down there and it was breakfast and this is not a breakfast food, but he picked up, uh, there was their last time going by this grocery store that he knew he could get some boot and balls at. 
And so he said, I don't care if it's breakfast. I'm going to buy me a whole bunch of boot and balls and we're going to go. And, and they were telling me later, he's, he was telling me, he said, Dave was giving me all kind of grief. What in the world are you going to do with these in the morning for breakfast? But God had a plan. God had a plan. Because they stopped there at that gas station and they just had, so happened, Brother Stokely was on the phone with Sister Jackie on that day and so he's pumping gas and he has his door open as it's on, playing on the car speaker, that phone call is. And as they have that door open, some lady from across the, the, the way at the gas station, she said, what is that I'm smelling coming out of that car? She came on over and she said, I can smell something good in there. And they said, we got some boot and balls in here. And that smell brought that lady on over to that place, over to that car. And they began to talk. They asked if there was anything that they could pray for this lady uh, for. And she began to tell them about how her son had just been murdered three months prior. They began to minister. Brother Stokely just lost his son last year. And they began to minister to this, this lady who had come on over to the car. And she began to talk about how her husband was into Wicca and voodoo. And, and she desired deliverance for her husband. And so right there in the middle of this gas station, they laid hands on this woman. They began to pray for her and say, God, would you deliver her husband? God, would you heal her broken heart? God, would you begin a new work in this woman? And we saw the gifts of the Spirit begin to move in that place. Amen. There was a powerful demonstration of God's Spirit right there at a gas station. Why? Why? Because somebody said, here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. When we are conscious of this lost world around us, when we are conscious of the moments that we are in right now, when we are conscious of the fact that we are caught, this this world is drawing to a close, that we are very close to the day when that trumpet will sound, and the dead in Christ will rise up. It's in First Corinthians fifteen. It tells us that in a moment, and I'm drawing to a close. In fact, if we could stand all over this house right now. 1 Corinthians 15, that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the very last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? For the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, be unmoved, always abounding in uh, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord your labor will not be in vain and I know you may hear these stories here today and you say I wish that I had that outgoing personality or I wish that I was one that was more uh, you know just it wasn't scared to go and talk to somebody and I want to tell you it's not about personality 
I could tell you, Brother Stokely, his personality is not one that he's 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 going to be the going and, and seeking everybody out and and and, and but but yet he says there's a, there's a reason that I need to talk to somebody. There's a reason that I need to answer the call to go. You don't have to be the most charismatic person to go and reach a soul. In fact, I've seen some of the most introverted people who they have had the most impact because they're able to spend time with somebody. They get they just won't say, God, just send me one. God, just send me one. God, I just want to reach one. And they began to, to hear that call of God. And God is, is asking them to go. And they began to form a friendship with somebody. And because, because of that, they began to, to, to form a friendship. And they see God do the rest. God does the work. You hear, somebody, you hear that call today? Does somebody hear that call today? God is saying there are those who are lost and hungry and hurting. There are those right now, the field is ripe for harvest. This isn't reserved for Moses. This isn't reserved for David. This isn't reserved for Peter and Paul. This isn't reserved just for just for the big name preachers. This isn't reserved for pastor. This isn't reserved for the ministry staff here. No. No, this is for everybody. The call is to everybody. Whosoever will. Whosoever will, would you come? Would you come in this, this place today? Would you come up to an altar and find a place to pray here this morning? If you feel the call of God, if, if it's even you right now, you say, God, I'm just starting my faith journey. God, I'm just answering the call right now of, of the very first time. You, you, uh, God, I, I need a whole lot of help. God wants to start right now. He wants to do some surgery in your life. God wants to begin to mend the broken hearts. But then he's not calling you so that you can sit on a pew. God's not just calling you so that you can come and be a member here at New Life. God's calling you to go. He's saying, I'm sending you out. I'm sending you out. I want you to go. I want you to be my hands and my feet. Would you come?